0: Hello! How are you guys doing out there? It's your pal Dane Out. Uh,
1: I got another exciting episode of Dane Rants. Big addition. You know, we haven't had an episode in a while. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about with the, you know, uh, announcements from Mr. James Gunn, head of DC Studios. Because he was able to get to become a studio and not whatever the fuck. Anyways, but it's not just me. You got the double trouble pack. The two Alves brothers, Luke Alves, how you doing tonight, sir?
2: I'm great. Been a long time since I've been on here. Really excited to talk to DC, you know. I've always been a huge DC fan, so I'm excited that Gunn has some great plans um, stored ahead of us uh, with all the DC really looking forward to everything. So I'm excited to, to to chat about this with you, man.
1: Yeah, man. Um I'm excited myself and uh We'll start it off and kind of talk about, we got two updates waiting, uh, like we, we recorded this, like, or I should say we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, so we got the information yesterday, but us waiting a day at least got two key information dropped. One of them being, which I'll, I'll talk about the other one when we get there, it's it's involved with the director of Swamp Thing, uh, but the other big thing is Drew Goddard, who is the director of Cabin in the Woods. He's done a bunch of movies, but people will definitely remember that one. And he also wrote—I don't know—a little movie called The Martian. Uh, he is one of the key writers involved. Uh, there's already been people rumored to be a part of it. We know that, you know, uh, James is and, and uh, is pulling from a lot of stuff from Grant Morrison, who is my favorite you know, prolific DC writer for Batman, for All-Star Superman, for JLA, etc. So we know that he has kind of like this, this not a council or anything like that, but a meeting room with other minds. And now, apparently, Drew Gardard, if this rumor is true that he is, and I believe the, uh, the person, Jeff Snyder, he's a big person within the industry uh, when he scooped this, he ha- is directing Luke and... Uh, writing a movie for DC and they haven't announced it. And remember, all the films announced, that's not necessarily all the films that will be, you know, in the next 10 years. This is just the start of it, so.
2: No, I mean, that's this is very exciting. I mean, I hope it's definitely a darker character, like, movie that he gets to do, Um, just because I, just with his past, and Cabin in the Woods, still one of my favorite horror movies ever, even though the ending's very quirky, but I still think they could make plenty of movies from his just original idea on that. And then I didn't even know he wrote The Martian, so even even like crazier just that you have a really good mind and Gunn, like you said, that that he's working with all these other people. Gunn's very smart too by knowing just other talents and all that and just giving Goddard a chance. I mean, I think a DC film is definitely right up his alley um just because how dark dc can be and you don't really need to make it pg family friendly either like you know not not pooping on marvel but that's just you know more marvel's why well dc is very dark so very exciting that this was the second piece of information because that we got because i mean everything that we got yesterday was really exciting and now you're just getting more that there's more time and actually thought going into this next phase of dc like you said it's not just they're their own thing. They're their own studio. So it's really exciting that he's now part of it. Yeah, it's it's
1: uh, it's pretty nuts. I'm a big fan of Drew. He's done a lot of good stuff. And to have creative minds in the comics realm, um, you know, within the movie realm and the potential that Drew's not only writing with them, because James is writing, obviously, Peter Safran is doing the producing stuff. He's getting money ready and That's what he's supposed to do with on all this, but uh, a lot of creativity. Um, So I'm I'm looking forward to that aspect, and then I'm also looking forward to, you know, one of the things we'll talk about is the, I can't remember exactly the name of them. Once I get the uh, thing in front of the cartoon that James Gunn is specifically writing and doing, but when he mentioned in that, any person a part of the DCU, and we have the Elseworlds, we have the Batman going one way, we have the Joker, the possibility to do Red Sun Superman, lots of open availability with that. Possibly the Snyderverse is out there floating. You know, we don't know. Uh, basically, we have those, but if it's DCU, Luke, specifically, the actors will be portraying them in the movies, in TV stuff, in the animated stuff, and also on video games. There will be a pocket universe just for that with the same people playing the roles no matter what the median
2: is no and i don't know whose idea this was but this is genius i mean it makes the most sense especially nowadays i mean now that they finished the whole dc amazing animated series we don't need i mean a lot of great voice actors that have came from that and, and those but i think if you're just moving on this next one it just makes sense to make everything universal it's all in the same world they're all playing off each other if it's a tv show and all that And I really just like that idea. I mean, you can do so much with it. I mean, not every character, comic book character, deserves a movie. But not even just saying it like that deserves. Some characters, I do feel like you need a TV show. Like, you just can't squish everything in in, like, a two-hour thing. It's not going to be really as good as if you were to just make it a TV show. And now having them connect, it's amazing. I mean, and, you know, it's HBO, too. So, HBO is always on top of their TV shows. They don't low budget anything. They really invest in their TV shows. So I like how they're not going to be separate. Like, you know, sometimes it can be where it's like, man, that TV show is really good. I wish that this Batman could be in here. It's just everything's going to be universal. Even the even the the video games. And it's just a really smart marketing idea too. Where I feel like DC in the past, you know, they haven't made as much money as the Marvel and the Marvel Studios, but This is a smart marketing way to make money, put that face, and this is Batman, now kids, and everyone will just, that's their Batman and all that. So I don't mind it at all.
1: Yeah, no, no, I think think it's brilliant. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, honestly, I guess we can kind of touch on this before we go through the slate. Um, You know, going forward with these movies, because he made sure he mentioned this, he kind of has to. Uh, You know, we do have the films coming out between Aquaman. I have all the dates, and, of course, I forgot to bring it up before I started talking about this, so Eh, just give me one second. (laughs) Um, But we have all these films coming out. We got, you know, Shazam in March So basically, they're tied up until 2025, which is when they're going to have Superman Legacy and The Batman 2, which sucks. But he kind of emphasized, and some of this was a safe face, Luke. You know, some of this is, well, these actors are going to get phased out, but we're not going to be like, you know, no, they're not coming back. Maybe we'll have more time. But I think all of us know that Ezra Miller is not coming back. Uh, And I heard, you know, all the stuff is that The Flash is amazing. They did a little bit of reshooting. He put over that film and said it was incredible. This is what I've heard from a lot of people. That's going to be an amazing superhero movie. And you know it's going to be basically marketed for Andy Muschietti directing. Michael Keaton apparently is a co-star pretty much, if not the second lead in the film. So we got all these films coming out. Uh, Directly, like I said, March, Shazam. Uh, Then in June, The Flash. Ah, uh, then Blue Beetle in August, an Aquaman in December, and then the Second Joker in uh, October of 2024, and then we don't. Superman doesn't come out until July of 2025. So it's gonna be a minute. But what I was trying to say, basically, in this hectic manner, um, it looks like they're gonna. He's really emphasizing. Hey, Captain Marvel's in his own universe, just like the comics were originally. Foster Comics, they were all in their own world. So the potential's there. It's probably based on the film and how much money it makes. Blue Beetle is going to be a great film. They could definitely correlate that if it makes money with the Booster Gold movie or the the show, I believe, that's coming out. I mean, that's that seems like a very duh-style uh, concept. Flash is going to literally be the thing that connects one to the other and ends it with flashpoint you know and aquaman aquaman there's nothing established right now for aquaman we know jason momoa wants to play fucking lobo and that's probably going to happen so you have a second one and you put him on the ice for a while Uh, no pun intended i guess um you know there's a lot going on there with like i said i think he's trying to make it like don't worry these are still here they're still kind of connected but at the same time They can say, until they're blue in the face, like, Gal Gadot, there's a possibility, you know, they don't have a fucking director for the third one, they don't have anything. I think they're just trying to make sure you go see these fucking
2: movies in theaters.
1: Like, at the end of the day, Luke, that's the bottom line, you know what I'm saying?
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, it's all about the dollars. I mean, like, like I stated before, DC is, you know, not made as much money, so... You definitely want to save face there, especially with the studio and and all that. But also, you want to save face with, like, the old regime, the old actors and all that. You just don't want to cancel everything and just be, like, almost like this was your guys' fault. The reason that this whole phase of DC didn't succeed was because of you. So, I think it's, you know, fair just to let these movies that have already been planned out, and some of them, like you said, shot some rumors of Flashpoint being amazing, which... I'm so excited that they're doing that movie, even though Ezra is Flash. I, I can get over that point because in the end they can just erase them. But, I mean, it just makes sense just to go ahead, try to, don't even poo-poo, like get everyone excited about this new phase, this, the new direction that's going in, but also have somewhat of a conclusion to the old one. Just don't, just don't to the fans and to the actors, everyone that's been involved, you just don't want to do that. Um, I am kind of, you know, I also like the fact that they're not just rushing into this phase, too. That would have also scared me if they were like, we're immediately coming out in 2024 is where we're hoping to come out a blockbuster in the summer. Take your time. Take your time with this. I know Gunn's very excited about some of the pieces he's writing and all that. So just take your time with the writing. Really put some real emphasis on kicking off this whole new era with a bang and all that but also ending these ones, you know, with the, with a decent bang, you know, I still, i I still got high hopes and all of them. And then also leaving the, leaving it out there that these people could still return if we wanted to, we're not just completely nixing them out. They could be in a whole other universe. I mean, it could come all back you know, together and they're related. So I'm fine with that. I don't need another wonder woman. I do like Gal Gadot as, um, Wonder Woman, but I just necessarily I, I'm I'm fine with them not doing that. I am I was really excited that Blue Beetle. I didn't even know that was like rumored to be like already. I thought it was going to be part of this era, but not coming out very soon. But excited what that has because technically you know it's coming out now, but it still can be part of the new stuff. Love love the character Blue Beetle, and like you said, would work, you, really. Go on.
1: I was gonna say, do you know the casting of Blue Beetle?
2: No, I do not. Am I am I gonna be sad? Um,
1: no, no, no. It, well, I like him. I don't know if you watch the show, though. Uh, it's the uh, the kid from Cobra Kai.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. No, yeah. I,
1: uh, I, I think his, his name's Zolo something. I can look it up so I don't look like an idiot. But uh, yeah, and they've already shot it. Obviously, it comes out. In, I don't know why I just said that. But yeah, uh, so I'm very excited about that. I hope it does well. There's a rumor, Luke, that has not been confirmed because Ted Cord is going to be involved with the mythos. So, Jason Sudeikis is the person rumored to be playing Ted Cord in, like, flashbacks or whatever, because I think he's dead by now within the storyline, and he takes over for Blue Beetle. So, if the movie does well, if it makes a bunch of money for – and I don't know what the budget is, so even if it's a smaller budget, if it makes, you know, double or triple, there's a good chance they'll still keep that and incorporate it with uh, Booster Gold is what I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, I mean – I definitely love, you know, him and Booster Gold are always fun in the animated show. They definitely kick it off. They'd be a fun one to do. So definitely excited for um, Blue Beetle. I hope it does well so they can keep it involved and all that. I mean, I'm still looking forward to these ending um, DC films. I mean, I thought the first Shazam movie was kind of fun. He's kind of stood on his own and all that. So kind of, you know, want to see what that is. Really just looking forward to Flashpoint. Um, Really kind of got me excited when you know i mean i know he's going to promote the studio and all that but when gun was really excited said it was a really good film and all that and like you said they've done reshoots i mean it's flashpoint you can do whatever you want with it it's the perfect movie to end with and start with it just it makes so much sense for them to be able to have this at their hands and just clean clean slate and just do whatever they want so i really have like hope with these reshoots and all that that it just ties it all together and making sense of, um, okay, we're moving forward and the whole thing's changed. So I've always so, thought Flashpoint Paradox is one of the a great story. I mean, it's just, a, you can do so much from that paradox. So really looking, really looking forward to the movie and seeing how it kickstarts us into this new era.
1: And uh, one thing that's awesome about that specifically is, you know, these movies, it seems like they're getting a lot from Bruce, Tim, and his team with how they did the animated films. We'll talk about Brave and the Bold, but the relationship between Bruce and Damien with the Bat family already established, so he's probably going to be, I'm assuming, in his early 40s, you know, you know, with a younger Superman that just gets, like, it, it, they're very much, you know, a similar concept uh, in general to How they did those, and those are based off of great comic books with the New 52 and Flashpoint that also did the same thing. So it's cool to see that now on the big screen um, with
0: how they're going to have that transition film with uh, Flashpoint. All right. I didn't know if you had, if you wanted to say something about that.
2: Oh my gosh, I'm on mute. I'm rookie mistake. Been a while since I've done a pod. I
1: just, You're good, broski.
2: <laughs> no, but I was saying is I just, I'm, I just always love Flashpoint. Like I'll go blue in the face. You know, if people out there haven't taken time to watch the animated movies that came out, the first one that starts is Flashpoint Paradox, and it's amazing. So I'm glad that it got to, get its money to go to the big screen and see what they're able to do there but it's a great story even if you haven't been a fan of the old movies i still recommend going and then i just the animated just the the, those animated movies were amazing And, and that's what has me excited because flashpoint paradox is what kicked off the amazing animated movies they came out with that ended a couple years ago Dane, I think you might have just done the rookie mistake and have yourself on mute, my friend.
0: Oh,
1: my God. Wow. I was talking. I had, like, a nice little thing going on. That, oh, geez, that that, that makes us uh, look lovely. But, you know, it shit happens. But anyways, what I was saying hey, is... Two
2: brothers just... It's two brothers just thinking alike.
1: <laughs> exactly. Great minds think alike, even if they don't do the correct thing. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no. One thing... And, actually, I, I forgot the train <laughs> <laughs>
0: <original>. <laughs> uh,
1: I'll just, I'll just say this if I remember it randomly, where I was trying to go is that a lot of people were not happy about the Batgirl movie that got canceled. And you know, Leslie Grace played the performance of Barbara Gordon. They filmed the whole thing. Braina Fraser was playing Firefly, which was intriguing. Michael Keaton was coming, this was him based jumping off of uh, what happens in Flashpoint. You know, J.K. Simmons is going to be as James Gordon. There was a lot of ups to this film. And unfortunately, that did not happen because it didn't test well. The film wasn't, was, was, wasn't good. But I will say, here's the thing. If Flashpoint does well, that was supposed to lead up also to a Batman Beyond show or movie, one or the other, uh, with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's going to be the lead role in Flashpoint. They're not going to give a lot of press to Ezra, so it's really going to seem like Ben Affleck and my, the two Batmans are going to be leading most of this. Um, if if this does well, there's no reason to possibly not just use Leslie as Barbara and the already established brave and the bold because the family's kind of already there. So I'm expecting Barbara Dick, maybe Jason's dead, possibly Tim Drake. I don't know uh, within the DCU. And then also if it does fucking well, dude, yeah, do a Batman Beyond show. Then maybe there's more reason to do it. So everyone freaking out about that. Maybe the possibility is still there because I, from what I'm hearing, Michael Keaton steals the movie. So I'm really looking
2: forward to Flashpoint, Luke. No, yeah, I mean, I, and I know we've talked multiple times on how it was supposed to play out and all that, and the Batgirl. I am excited that they, you know, Michael Keaton's still in it, and you know, it does suck that they're not making a movie. But again. I don't feel like, and I'm not trying to offend anyone out there, but I don't feel like Batgirl is a good movie. Like, she's a better TV show. And if you incorporate her in The Bold and The Brave and you do another season, like, they can do different seasons and have, like, you know, different characters. I mean, it would make sense for, you know, they're just not going to completely throw away. Flashpoint doesn't mean that everything's gone. It just means that at any time I can just bring back these things that seem like a good idea, but right now where they're at budget wise the not great success that they had they just have to push things back but i mean it doesn't mean that she's completely gone and there goes her character i just think that you could do better things like you're saying incorporate her in a tv show and and have her involved like that i am excited that michael keaton will be a main focal point on whatever the new edits are flashpoint i definitely think there's a lot of cool ways you can go with it um And I would love if they did ever do a Batman Beyond show that he would finally get to be old Bruce and we get an awesome – and that, again, don't do a movie. Just keep that as a TV show. That's just a good TV show to just have. You don't need to have Batman Beyond the movie. Just have it as a TV show and all that, and that'd be a fun – that'd be a really fun TV show to have.
1: And this might be a reoccurring theme when we go to some of the shows and descriptions – Led off by Peter Safran when he talked to the investors and whatnot, and also what we got from James Gunn on that video. This is HBO. They do television shows a bit differently than everyone else, I feel like. So when we get a Green Lantern show, when we get a Booster Gold show, when we get, um, I'm trying to think of like some of the other Paradise Lost about the, about Themiscira and and the Amazons and the Greek gods and the.
2: isn't The Authority a TV show? No,
1: Authority, or... I, I believe, is the second film.
2: Okay, it's going to be Okay, sorry.
1: No, no, you're good. But yeah, just uh, any of these shows are going to be really fucking good. And that's why they're saying stuff like True Detective, inspired for Green Lantern, about for that. Or this is going to be a very Games of Thrones, political, old school, you know, swords and sandals style show with Themyscira. So that type of stuff is awesome. Because, no offense to Disney+, Plus, some stuff they pulled off great, or they, they at least started shows good. It's just, I don't have to worry about, HBO is already an IP that I can trust Lou. You know what I'm saying? For the shows.
0: Oh yeah, no.
2: HBO makes some of the top line shows. And what HBO has over Disney is it doesn't have this face where it has to be family friendly all the time. So HBO's always made dark shows. It was always known. It got its, you know, what it got HBO was some of the great shows back in, like, the early 2000s and all that, where, you know. And I'm really excited how Gunn was trying to portray that to all of us that are listening to the video. I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be half ass TV shows. Nothing against the CW shows. They were good, but you can tell a CW show as soon as you look at it by the quality and everything. Even though they did great, I'm still not trying, I'm just saying, these are HBO TV shows, compared quality, the film, like, everything is just way more advanced than what you get. And also, how he just gave you, like, like you were saying, like, this is going to be like this show, and I know you, it was hilarious when he said it, because I know you were really harping on it, that you would love that the Lantern show would be like True Detective. I know, True Detective Season 1 is one of your favorite Seasons two, I mean, we'll just probably show this, but like, or is it season two? Which one? Who's uh?
1: Oh, one, one. Oh, season okay. two is terrible.
2: Yeah, okay. It's oh. But no, I'm just excited, you know, that he just trying to let just build up the excitement, like you know, you guys love these TV shows. Now, just imagine some of your favorite comic book characters, or or scratch that if you don't even know these comic book characters, but you love that TV show so much that's gonna have like ask like like things like it that's going to get you so it's going to build more like you're going to get two different audiences now because you're going to get true detective audience so like man you know let's see how they could do that and and then the, especially the game of throne people if you can make it like the old like you're saying like <clears throat> how the old way was and just just the craziness that can go down there. And so I'm, it's exciting and i'm looking forward to those two tv shows i don't think there's anything you know buster gold's kind of fun I don't think he could really say anything, but I'm also looking forward to that TV show. I mean, so the TV shows also have me very excited because I don't think HBO lays duds and they will be having some good ones where, like you said at first, Disney, and it's just not on the Marvel, it's the Star Wars films too. It's uh, like the TV shows are great and then as of late, they've kind of flaked off. So you know just HBO doesn't really like to do that minus the last season of Game of Thrones that kind of was just... Of an abomination but that's not HBO's fault
1: no I mean these are the guys that made Game of Thrones Sopranos uh, American Gods um, I mean there's so many shows American Gods actually might have been Showtime anyways but what I'm saying is they have I mean the most like when people think about it yeah AMC is great yeah Showtime's great certain channels even FX too for cable channel, makes some incredible television, but HBO is the standard, so to have them on your side is pretty good, I would say, in this situation, but uh, let's go over this, uh, you know, what we have in front of us uh, that will be starting with Superman Legacy, uh, which comes out, like I said, this is 2025, they release that uh, is coming out on July 11th, 2025, so almost two and a half years from now. God, it'd be so close to fucking 40 by the time this shit starts. Ugh. And then, um, after that, the Batman 2, which is separated. Matt Reeves has his own thing. Uh, the art that I saw, I don't know if it was fake, had Batman going through snow all frozen over, so maybe he is going with Mr. Freeze as a second villain, which is awesome. Uh, But that one is coming out on October 3rd, 2025. And then The Brave and the Bold, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, The Authority, and Swamp Thing will be the first for uh, developed movies. But let's, in, in order, let's start off with the first show that will be released is the animated show. It's kind of just a quick thing, Creature Commandos. Luke, this is such an obscure James Gunn styled fucking thing to do. He's writing it. Um, he's going to be involved with the whole entire show, and basically, weird characters. Weasel, which is played by his brother in in Peacemaker, uh, is going to be involved with it. But I think they're like, they have like uh, the Brian Frankenstein, Frankenstein, a vampire, a gorgon, and. It's like their suicide squad because they work for the government, but they're not like ex-villains. Instead, they're like monsters. So this is right up, right up James Gunn's, you know. I don't expect too much from this, and I hope they get some really cool actors, and who knows? I didn't know who really, you know, how big of a comic fan I am. I didn't know who the fuck, you know, Rocket Raccoon was uh, until he made Guardians of the Galaxy. So... This is a niche thing that he gets to start off stuff. Hey, let him play in the sandbox. You know what I'm saying?
2: Oh yeah, I think this is a like just a fun project that he just gets to have fun with. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I just like you said, it's animated, correct? Yes, the whole thing is animated. Yep. Yeah. So with it being animated, oh, just and like, Rick Flag's
1: father, who in the comics, I think they look exactly the same uh is the leader i believe of this whole entire thing so there there is a possibility that joel Kitterman might return as his father in this that's been theorized
2: okay okay
1: (laughs) even though even though he died in suicide squad as rick flag jr
2: yeah but i mean technically you know this doesn't say where they're on the timeline and with it being an animated show i mean the harley quinn show is a fun animated show um, if anyone hasn't been able to watch. It's a really fun one that they have. and You can do so much I love fun, it. raunchy, fun, gory things. Not really, you know, it's animated and all that. Not really worrying about the rain, but just let him have fun with these random characters. And, you know, if they if built off something, you know, that's really fun. But I just think in the end, it's just like a a fun little animated series to get you excited for what he has, the creative mind that he has. And it's just, it just shows you that, how invested james is in on dc where he is a, a a big fan he's giving you all these people that you weren't you know because he's not just giving you the the regular the normal justice league people he's not doing the norm of like here we go we got to do the order of superman and then batman and then flash and we're gonna build it. and like he just like dc has a lot of things i want to show you some really fun ones that you've never might have not known about and then like you're saying in the end they could be really good characters like um what's space from gardens of the galaxies the raccoon so i think it'll be a fun animated show they could do whatever they want with it i mean each episode could be just this fun little quirky thing and just so i'm just i he looked excited about talking about it and just knowing that no one really knows these characters you're not really well like known but you're going to get to know them and you're going to have fun with them. And like you're saying, it's kind of like a darker Suicide Squad where they'll be on these um funny, crazy missions, probably, you know, very gory and at the same time and just having fun with it being animated and not really, you know, having to stress over putting too much emphasis on, like, how good the quality is because it's just, you know, it's an animated show.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the guy, James Gunn, Slither, super, Um, worked for Troma making fucking Toxic Avenger movies back in the day. So he likes his horror. He likes his comedy. This will be a good start for him to kind of just play a little bit. But mainly, I mean, we got to get to the first film. Like I said, this is going to be July 11th. Great month. You know, 4th of July will be a fun time in 2025 uh, because of Superman legacy. I love everything that he said about Superman. I love that. I don't know if the line that him or Peter Saffron use, it basically just is like, he's still a good guy, like in a world of no more good guys. Like he is uh, just a true, pure person. He needs to be like Captain America. He has to be just full and, you know, just, I don't know. So not over the top, but like, he's got to be a good person. Like I loved man of steel. I love the direction that they were going, but he was way more bleak, and I think what they can do with this, the fact that he's 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 literally saying that he's basing the script he's making off of Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. If you haven't had a chance to watch the animated adaptation of the comic, or read the comic especially, do yourself a favor. Grant Morrison is brilliant, and just it's about Superman, new in Metropolis, trying to figure out his stuff. Lois does not know who the fuck he is. You know, but he's been Superman beforehand, especially over in Smallville. And he projects the Superman character across the city and the dual lifestyle, him, you know, just dealing with his strength levels. Like when when the government finds out about Superman, how they want to help him and figure out how strong he is, but they're kind of using Like it's it's got so much depth to it. Lex Luthor. Um, so I, I'm really, really, really excited about that. Um, I like the idea that we're doing like a, Late 20s, maybe early 30s at the latest type of Superman, and yeah, he has. We have to see, we don't need the origin, we've seen that enough, but we get to see finally really him developing a metropolis for the first time since Superman One, uh, with, with Christopher Reeves. So, and maybe they can kind of show more dynamic, some more of the obscure characters besides Jimmy Olsen, besides Lois. And, and Perry White, there's a whole entire great universe within uh, Metropolis that Superman becomes acquainted with. So I want a fun – I don't know what director I would have do this, but it's uh, this is going to be something very interesting to see happen. And I love the direction. I love the ideas presented for his origin, you know. It's a hopeful Superman. It's not an insecure Superman,
2: Luke. No, yeah, and that's what we need. You need you need a hopeful Superman. You need that American just good guy, the last, you know, the last of his kind and all that. And I, like you said, I'm I'm happy it's not a typical another origin story, crashing Smallville. Like I wanna I wanna see older Superman, like you're saying, like his first years in Metropolis, him really trying to figure out I'm in this big city, you know, I am the superhero, but I got to keep it on you know, the hush hush. And then also, you know, his, his alter ego and all that, and just really just diving in. And like you said, Lois Lane shouldn't know he is, and it'll be a fun one just just see that interaction. And then them slowly falling in love that first, probably not liking each other and all that. So I think it's, it, it can go, it, it can be a really good movie. Like you said, don't need to kick off the movies with the typical, just, normal origin story just gives a really good super uh superman you know a good a a, a a hopeful superman not one that's kind of shy and all that and also like you're saying like um i don't know if you said this but like gun also is writing this and he and he just really it's i don't know you can just tell in his excitement and like how he's like i've already been re- writing this and all that you could tell that he's probably want to get yeah. his hands on this and you could after he writes it, I'm sure he'll find a a great um, director. I know we talked um a month ago about that little uh, lunch that was happening in I mm. mean, I, I could i could I could see him being for those who don't know, um supposedly they had lunch maybe with Spielberg at the same table. Who knows what they're talking about, But still, if I could see any type of superhero movie that he would touch, would be a a superman movie like this
1: yeah man and i mean i'm not going to expect steven spielberg there's probably a lot of great directors that could do an amazing job of this film but it's got to be a pretty high class director i think we have to and this is no offense to to what they're doing over in marvel because they've had some pretty damn good directors on a lot of the projects but they kind of formed their directors into what they were doing and made them stars. I think that we should probably focus on individual films that have a little bit of building between and kind of focus on allowing directors to make a fucking movie Um, stuff that DC obviously has had a hell of a lot of problems with Fox did as well. And even Marvel a little bit recently has had those problems uh, too. So, um, yeah, not having to worry, like, knowing that there is a story to come, but not having to adhere with every film directed at little, you know, uh, parts of it. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm just, I'm just glad, like I said, there's a shared universe itself, though. But I don't know, man. Superman. You said Steven Spielberg. I can't think of another director that I don't want, but, I mean, I shouldn't put my expectations that high. But do you have anyone in mind for Superman?
2: Oh, man. No, I mean, I just it's got to be someone that's been known for, you know, just building inspirational, hopeful movies, where you leave a movie feeling just really good about this experience that it brought you to, and you feel hope. And I know that's kind of, like, you know, cliche to say, and there's probably plenty of directors, but it's just, like, you need one that really knows how to read the script and then portray it perfectly on film and who cares if it's a big huge name you know sometimes that might be better because now you don't have studio stepping in because no studio would step in on any type of like like spielberg and not saying tarantino would do any of these but like those directors that have made a name for themselves studios would never come in and like you say and try to form and this is how you're going to direct and make the movie like you just I hope they can get someone that has enough clout in the business to where it'd be like, don't no, don't, don't come to me. You, you hired me to direct this movie. Don't, I'm not making this because of you. I'm not going to do these edits because this is what you think might be good. So I'll be excited where whoever they are. Just, I hope it's just someone that's been well known that when I look at their, all their films, I'm just like, makes sense to do a super superman movie all
1: right i I got someone that i just thought of um and he's not i I, his name is not that well known but he's made some movies especially one that's nominated for an oscar this year called top gun maverick um made oblivion tron legacy you know he's had some hit or miss but just how good he is doing off of that joseph kind of uh Oh, so uh would be someone, and Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn was supposed to do one a long time ago and never happened. He was supposed to adapt the next Henry Cavill movie, and it fell through. Men first class. He made several films. Um, before that, you know, I, I just just get a good director. Someone that understands humans. Um It's got to be a very fucking human story, even though it's about an alien. That's a weird thing about Superman and how he feels about humanity and how he cares about us more than we care about ourselves, essentially. But um, throw out a couple actors, Luke. All right. So I know everyone loves the idea of Jacob uh, Alordi, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, He's on Euphoria. Um Plays a great kind of a villainous character. This fucking cocky asshole jock that kind of manipulates people. But great size. I think there's other roles for him. I actually think because of the darkness, he's a great actor for a young kid. He's, I think he's 26, 27. But I think that the darkness that he kind of shows would be better for a certain darker character. Um, I know I've heard a lot of people say Ansel Elgort. Or not Ansel Gordon. I'm sorry, uh, Austin Butler. I don't know how the fuck I fucked up that. Uh, who had played Elvis? He's got a great look for him. But my number one choice, uh, based on the film uh, Pearl, you know he's been in other stuff. I don't think anything's been that big. But it's uh, David uh, Cornsweet. Uh, he's 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 hot right now in Hollywood. He's got a great look. He just looks like an American dude. He's tall as hell. I think he's 6'3". You know, give him the Marvel diet, if you will, like Chris, Chris Hemsworth. And I think he would be really good. And then I guess my other choice, he's about 34. And you'll hear his name later on when we talk about Green Lantern, Miles Teller. He looks like an American boy, like, you know, that has that quality. So you need someone I kind of like lesser known. That's why I kind of went with David. Uh, corn Sweat, because he's very much, no one really knew Hugh Jackman, he had some small roles, he made X-Men, blew the fuck up. No one really knew uh, certain other people, like even Henry Cavill for that instance, he was in Two Doors, but and then he blew up. So I like someone that has the look, has great acting skills and potential, and he was great in Pearl, uh, but that would be my person uh, right now if I am the casting agent, which I am not.
2: No, I mean, when you're going all through them, I was looking at him. I mean, um, the guy, Austin Butler, played Elvis. I mean, if you gave me a couple years and let me forget that he's Elvis, maybe I just right now, I just can't look at him and see Superman. Not a lot that. of
1: people, a lot of people say that he would be great as uh, Green Arrow because Ooh. of like the, the little cockiness and stuff like that. Like, and I like that idea, too.
2: Just I'd throw it I out can there. see that. But I do like the I like um, was it Jacob from Euphoria and then the guy David that you were talking about. I just was looking at them. I don't really know their any of their like works besides I have seen Pearl, so I have seen David, but that's the only thing. But I like you said I I hope it's not an established actor and all that. I hope it's someone that because like you said this is going to be a character that's going to be in the anime and all that that where's like he's coming up and now he's he's Superman. That's what he's going to be known for. So um i'd be fine with the lesser name and both of those guys to me when i was just looking at their pictures, just real quick just look like the all-american super guy like the all-american guy that could be a superman so i'd be fine with either i'm not really not not hooping on miles teller but he's already got a name for himself you know you know you know is. and
1: and that and that's the thing it's like miles superman is the ip That's the thing selling the movie. The actor playing it doesn't have to be a big actor. But if Miles Teller were to play Hal Jordan, which is one of my selections, if you can't tell, for that character, you know he is bringing prestige to the Green Lantern IP, which is kind of not doing as well because of the past movie and everything else and and a lack of knowledge among common fans. So um, he would be more, I think, suited for a role like that that needs an actor in that role to make the ip larger than
2: the opposite no yeah i mean i agree with you there there you superman is such a big ip like just such a big name for itself that that's what you're selling you're not having to sell you know tom cruise in this movie like you go no it's it's superman that's what you're going for you don't really need a big name and all that so i'm fine with either one of those uh, or if they find some other random guy that neither of us know about and he's also a no like a lower no name and just looks like an all-american guy that i'd be fine with that because like you're saying that this is superman you you've already they found man is you don't need a a, is... a a high-end actor to be superman
1: yeah sorry uh I... they don't need like christopher reese wasn't well known. Uh, Henry Cavill wasn't well-known. Brandon Routh wasn't well-known. They all did great jobs playing Superman in their various movies, even though Brandon Routh's movie sucked. wasn't really his fault or anything. But, um, I think the villains, to me, it's you do Brainiac coming into it at some point. I wouldn't do General Zod. It's kind of been done and established Lex Luthor as this guy that does not trust Superman and eventually wants to fuck with him. So I don't know about Bradiac. This is such a uh, like a hot concept to put into it, but Giancarlo Esposito would do a great job uh, in that role. But there's a lot of people that could probably do that role justice. Uh, for Lex Luthor, though, and I don't know who I want for Lois. That's another question because it's very specific style actress to get for that as well. Um, and I don't think they've done a great job since Micro Kidder, honestly. Uh, but for Lex. Matt Smith is my number one choice because of uh, Game of Thrones, um, the newer ones. I forgot what the hell it's called exactly. Um, I think that he would be perfect as that sinister character if you want someone his age. If you do older, especially since he's rocking it for the hell of it, uh, Robert Downey Jr. would be really fucking cool as Lex Luthor. So, and that that that's been promoted a lot, and I love that idea, and I think it would be such—not a coup— But it would be such a cool dynamic for him to try now the opposite concept in another set of movies on the other universe where it's like the evil version of what he played in Marvel. So uh, those are my two choices. What do you want? Do you want Luther? Do you want Brainiac? Do you want someone else established?
2: No, I'd be fine if they just did both Luther and Brainiac. Like, Luther just yet isn't the main villain, but he's still conniving things working low key with Brainiac and all that being Brainiac being the main one. But man, you said Matt Smith, and I just think of it's House of the Dragon, by the way, and how just evil he is in that show. And I'm just like, you need an evil looking Lex Luthor. This one that like you just like no one can trust because that's just who he is. And and one, you know, he that's also gonna be a super genius that's also doesn't trust anyone else and sees that Superman you know, isn't the all fun, safe thing that everyone, you know, that he is, but at any time you could snap, so. Uh, I don't know about Robert, I mean, I could see it, it could be interesting, but I think I'd be, I'd be, if Matt were to get that role, that would be, Would what?
1: it distract you?
2: Robert being Lex, kind of, I think it would. Yeah. I think it would. I mean, it's just like, what's his face, um, gosh, what is... Who was the last Lex Luthor? I just, I just couldn't, I just could never. Kevin Spacey.
1: Oh no no no! Oh God. He, nah. Yeah, he was the worst. <laughs> uh, I forgot he existed, honestly. And I like yeah. him as an actor, but
2: um, oh man, fucking Facebook, dude. Yeah, the net. Uh, yeah, just I just, he just never elects to me, and even if you give him, make him bald, it just still never elects to me. So, you need someone that's just gonna be very. Evil looking and all that. I mean, so I'd be fine with that. I mean, he does a great job in House of the Dragons to make you hate him and just you want someone that you and while you're sitting there be like, I wouldn't double cross this person at, at any time, never.
1: Yeah, man, Lois is a hard one. Like I've seen, I'm looking for some suggestions on on Google. You need someone like basically, and I thought you would be perfect back in the day. Like someone like a Demi Moore or or even a Courtney Cox, like that style of, of of, I don't know, or Courtney Cox specifically in Scream, I should say. Um, that's a hard role to do. I love Amy Adams. I thought she was playing Amy Adams in those films. Like she's kind of, she's kind of a bitch. That's what's, that's a lovable thing about Lois. But uh, hopefully they find someone good. I mean, I'm sure that there's fine. Oh, Dakota Johnson's not a bad idea. I like that idea. All right, let's um let's move on. Got a couple more things to talk about, including the next show. This is a really weird one, Luke. Uh, Waller. So the great Viola Davis, she's coming back to play a man Waller. Um, they made it sound like there's one more season of Peacemaker that will lead into this, or Peacemaker will directly lead into this. But I'm assuming it's second season of Peacemaker, because this comes out in a, in a couple of years uh, for, for being released, but just the inner workings of what she's doing, uh, you know, she is basically very much the Nick Fury of DC, but a little more corrupt, I would even say, than more so than Nick Fury, and uh, I guess we'll uh, apparently, like, have those Suicide Squad characters, so is Marco Robbie coming back? Like, um, I mean, there's a lot of questions with that. We know they don't want to lose John Cena. Peacemaker did really well for HBO Max. Um, but it directly interacted several times, including in Peacemaker at the end with Jason Momoa. You know, they directed with the Snyderverse, if you will. So kind of a confusing concept to throw out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, is this not a part of everything else? And just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of... The thing is, if there's the room to be left open, possibly maybe in the future for Gal Gadot, and you got Jason Momoa becoming Lobo, and maybe if Ezra gets their shit together, hopefully one day, um, all those. But Henry Cavill, no. (laughs) And now we're establishing a group of people that have a lot of characters from that said old universe. Does that bother you? What do you think they're doing?
2: No, I don't think it bothers me at all. Just because I've always loved Amanda Waller and the character and the lady that plays her, I think it's great and just what they're able to do. I think again, just a fun TV show you could really have fun with. Um, her doing different types of things, you know, Suicide Squad interaction with Batman. I mean, you could still bring, like you saying, how it has um, ties to the old ways. You because TV show. I mean, you could bring in and you know. Never established what universe they're in and how it plays, but you could bring in all the old ones and like little episodes. You could do a lot with this character just because, like you said, she is very Nick Fury for the DC, but very also corrupt and dark and just will just only has her plan and won't fill people in and don't double cross her. And they could do things with Batman and her because they just, those two interactions have always been the best in any type of time you get to see them in any type of work so i do kind of i understand what you're saying that it is weird that they're keeping ties like you say in peacemaker which i love you know john cena's peacemaker Peacemaker's great that season was fun glad that it, this next one could tie straight into her and still have him doing weird little quirky things different episodes i mean there's so much you can do with this i feel like you know it's almost like um she's playing um in uh what is it? 21 jump street uh what's his face's character like you know the main cop boss and he just each ice episode cube. yeah ice cube and ice cube just like each episode you're just telling them and then setting you up or this, like giving you like a blueprint of what the episode's going to be like and these new so, like, sets kind of, of like a
1: anthology series if you will like maybe every episode is dedicated to certain other people but she's the main person the main yeah, thread just- throughout it
2: Yeah, she's the main link, but it's always like a different fun mission. And sometimes you could bring other characters back that have success and all that, but also just always introduce you to new little ones and all that. And it's like, you know, again, Gun just trying to give people more, like just showing more DC characters that we've not not been used to. And then in the TV aspect where it could be fun, even if it's a one-off and all that, where I think you could, this could be a very fun show with Waller just because her character, who she is and how many ties she has with all the different DC characters and then her old ties to the whole DC era and then this new era that they're bringing in. So I think you could do a lot of fun things with just only having her as the, the, main, the main repeating thing.
1: Make it maybe similar to 24. Like they have like a certain time period. They got to do something you know, and the whole episode is very high stress, tense, trying to get something done. Uh, yeah, I, I I I dig this whole entire concept, and I mean, I love Viola Davis, so I can't really complain about that. Um, let's move on to our next one. What do we got over here? We got the authority. Now, Luke, I'm sure you have to ask me, and and go ahead. <laughs> what the fuck is the authority? Do you have any idea about what the hell the authority is?
2: Hell no. And then he even tried to, like, flash this picture up. I'm like, bro, that didn't even help me at all. Like, who is this? Who are the authorities? And how he was talking about it is, you know, again, like, uh, I don't mind that they're, like, bringing in these characters that you might not have known about and, you know, what their tie might be in, but it's also just cool that, This is the type of money. It's just showing you the type of investment that's going into this, where they're going way off the beating path for their second, second movie, third project. And they're just like, and here, we're just going to throw you guys a huge curveball and have fun with this movie. I mean, I mean, you could probably go in more what it might entail and all that, but I'm fine with it just being a completely, I don't know. No one knows really, you know, no one's the super fan that's going to be like, that didn't live up to my standards where just go in and have fun. That's what these, that's what this era should just be of. Just go in and just have fun with these DC films. Stop, stop over-critique them and thinking them so in-depth and all that. And just let's see what they can do with all these different types of entities and projects that they can make from them.
1: How about just, just trust James Gunn? I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like I said, people like me that were very in-depth comic book fans... Didn't know all the characters they even fucking used in that until the films, you know. He's good with obscure characters. A lot of the characters he threw in the Suicide Squad, uh, Bloodshot for one of them with Idris Elba, who should just play Deadshot and recast Will Smith. But the old regime was worried about losing Will Smith. Uh, anyways, but yeah, just you know, just a lot of the creative decisions making obscure characters bigger than they actually are. I don't know. I I I think it's fine. Just to give you a little history lesson. So Jim Lee is one of the most prolific uh, artists um, within comic books. He is known for kind of, I don't know if he made the design for for the yellow and blue Wolverine costume, but he did the art for Chris Claremont uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, that completely influenced the game-made series, the whole look of them. Uh, He would later do Hush as the artist, but he's a very... Him, Tom McFarlane, who worked on Spider Man and created uh, Carnage and, and did that, a lot of the artists from Marvel would leave Marvel and say, fuck you, because they wanted to, uh, they, they were more hands on artists. Like, um, I don't know, like say, uh, a Jack Kirby, even, I, you know, they would want to be a part of the creative process along with doing the art for it. So they made Image Comics. Image Comics, Uh, Part of it got bought uh, bought by DC, Wildstorm Comics, uh, which was Jim Lee's comic book part. He made two groups, uh, mainly. One was Wildcatch, which was basically him wanting to do the X-Men and Image, but he couldn't. So he just kind of made his own version of that. And then the other one was the Authority. And the Authority, they're not the boys. I'll just put it that way. They're not evil. They're corrupt, but they just, they have like more of a Punisher way of looking at shit. Uh, I'm not going to say they're the best people, but they were kind of like, yeah, basically if Justice League had more of the morals of, and they did this, I think in like the mid nineties, more had the morals of the Punisher. And um, it's a real cool concept. You got cool characters within it. Uh, Apollo is a leader. He's like the Superman character. And one of the biggest dicks in the group um, is Moon Knighter. And he's kind of like their Batman, basically. Um, and there's a whole, there's a bunch of different characters. The engineer, which is a robot, um, just a crap load of people. A grifter who's very popular, who's in Wildcats, becomes a member of that group. Um, but Midnighter and Apollo, they're together, um, they're a couple and it's just, they have like a different way of looking at things. And basically when I'm thinking about this, it is such a cult classic to a lot of comic book fans. Luke, I think he's establishing this group. I don't know if they're working for the government or the government doesn't mind what they're doing, but maybe this is the thing that causes Superman really to decide to
0: make the Justice League because he does not like what these people are doing, basically.
2: Oh, I like that idea, because that could make a lot of sense, like you're saying. I mean, these are basically a big group well, of... Like, real
1: quick, actually, just it, it just came out of my, my, my brain. This This could be marketing-wise, this could be like, hey, you guys like the boys? They're going to be in this, and Superman's going to take them down with his Justice League he creates because of that concept if you if you will
2: yeah i mean this could you know spring you know put you in any type of direction where you want to go in i'm i'm excited how it's gonna how they're gonna make it i mean like you say in dc dark these guys are a group of basically just like dark justice league where it can be very you know gory and they're doing just like they're doing good work but at the same time they're not letting the the villain survive or you know trying to trying to help them out or not killing them just actually like if like if uh you
1: know batman compared to midnighter batman is going to take some guy down if he tries to hurt him if he has to he'll break their arm midnighter is going to beat the fuck out of that
0: person break their arm break their leg just for the fuck of it for messing with them that's a different mentality
2: yeah you could do a lot with this movie like you're saying like if they're working with the government which would be cool and like you're saying that's how you could play it off with superman because you know the government definitely wants to get them on their side the government trying to show hey look at all these guys that love to work with us and maybe go on like a kind of like a not in the main part of the story but like a side like little part where superman kind of sees it and is just like horrified and really just being like i gotta be the really justice one that is gonna hold the standards of being a proper human and all that and not just because I have these superpowers. I'm able just to kill you at my free will just because that. but it just it's just interesting that that's you know that's where they're going with and it's there's so much that you can do with just the unknown of not really having these established characters that a lot of people are used to and what you can do with it and then the stepping stones that. You know, hey, they might you know, they could incorporate Superman, they might not, but they you know, there's so many avenues that they could do with it and all that. So it's it's exciting for such an unknown thing that when I heard it, I was like, I had to look it up. But you know, I know I've seen Apollo and uh Midnighter before. So I know those characters are. I just didn't know they're part of the authorities and that's the whole story. Like you're saying, the guy that wrote them in um Wildcats, which Wildcats always just reminds me of the Bold and the Brave episodes whenever they're in there and that old, the really old Wildcat. That's just a really funny character.
1: That is actually a different one. That's Ted Grant, who is a boxer, part of the JSA, but, you know, nonetheless, I have to do that. Okay,
2: is he called Wildcat? Is he called Wildcat, though? Yeah,
1: that's his (laughs) moniker. Wildcats is like an actual group name.
2: Okay, I thought. That Although, was-
1: if you saw those guys, dude, Luke, they had like a ripoff X Men the animated series show on USA, which was Wildcats. It looked exactly like X Men. Like, sorry, Jim Lee, I'm throwing you under the bus a little bit. Love your characters. Love oh, Grifter. I'm looking
2: them up right now, but I just I thought that's when when you said Wildcats, I was like, oh man, and I just immediately thought of that that one guy that was Wildcat, and I got to look them up right now. while we go on to the next thing. <laughs>
1: All right, so I just want to throw out—I don't really have anyone for the casting. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for whoever. Uh, the guy from Euphoria, there's a good chance he could play a great uh, Apollo um, as well. Like I said, like he's six four, six five. He's a huge dude, and you know, I don't—I don't know what he'd want to do basically, but but for writing and directing, this is an idea. If you hate it, that's fine. I get uh. Actually, I would, I would really get uh, Eric Kripke, who is the guy that was the writer and the showrunner for Supernatural. And he also did The Boys. Help him adapt your concept for a script. Make sure it is a brilliant outline. And here, I am throwing a little bit to the Snyderverse fans. Let Zack Snyder do this. He is, if you give him all the stuff and give him comic books that have all these details there you know, he would do a fucking great job with something like this. Like if he had a really great script and he had all the panels based on, he would make it look amazing. You're talking about political intrigue, superheroes. I'm just saying it's an idea. Just also, like I said, throw some fucking flowers at those sad motherfuckers that just can't get over the fact that we are not in the
0: 2010s anymore um, and trying to go in the future. But Just an idea I have,
2: Luke. No, both of those names names would be great. I mean, yeah, Zack Snyder would do a really good job with this. Think about
1: Watchmen, you know?
2: That's what I was thinking when I thought about it. You know, I'm not thinking about the current Zack Snyder stuff that we're all used to. I'm just thinking about Watchmen, what he could do with it. But then again, that um, Eric Cook, see, I haven't seen the boys. I know you've always told me, I, I understand, I'm an idiot. And everyone's probably like, what the heck How have you never watched this? But I'll hate you. I know. Uh, but I know that he <laughs> wrote and directed, he's su- he did supernatural, which was yeah. I uh I watched it at the beginning, I fell off, but that's a show that went on, I feel like, for almost like over ten years. So obviously he he can write that the different styles he's done, he's done Dark with Supernatural, and he's done The Boys, where just he could Really do good with this movie if they gave him a chance. I feel like so either one it of those be dork. good. Yeah, either one of them be good. If I had to choose one or the other, I'd probably go with. Um, oh,
1: I was saying Eric writes it.
2: Oh, Eric um, writes it, and oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I yeah. like that. Okay,
1: so he That's kind cool. of like works off of whoever, makes sure it's adapted well, and then they give him a lot of like, hey, here you go, Zach. Here's all the comp books of stuff you can try to like emulate
2: um that'd be a perfect combo i mean like you said hopefully you know the writing's really good that whoever they get to direct this has just a really good image and just can go off of comics and then just because you know it's it's hard to put it on the big screen and especially be superhero, superhero movies and you're not wanting to make them four hours or three hours to really make it really make sense where to get in a two to maybe two and a half hour can be a, a, a tight squeeze you know those are pretty long movies but you feel what you do so i feel like you do have to have a really good writer and have them work with the director to make it in like you said this is such an unknown set of characters that you can't really be going in with this high standards of like oh well it didn't live up to what i thought it was from the comic books.
1: Yeah. Um, All right, next show after The Authority comes out will be Booster Gold. I mean... I know that you could say Glenn Powell. He's a really hot actor right now. He could play a great Hal Jordan. I'll just put it out that... He would play a great Guy Gardner, but I loved him on fucking Maverick. Uh, I thought that he was such the douchey, you know, buddy. It makes sense, but dude, we've just had James Gunn say that... Booster Gold, who is about a <laughs> ex-football player that kind of fucked up the end of his career and bets on a bunch of shit, is in the worst, like, you know, position in his life and decides to go back in time from the future with a bunch of tech to make him look like a badass. James Gunn said on Twitter that uh, of course, he's planning on using some of the actors from Guardians of the Galaxy. And we already know Batista has been talking about how much he wants to play Bane. So I would not rule that out at all uh, for that option to happen. But who the fuck? Hmm. Who could play that douchebag character that will not be playing a character in Marvel anymore that's one of the best buddies of James Gunn has worked with him at Chris Pratt? I mean, come on. (laughs) Who else you get? It's supposed to be some guy some schmuck in his early forties that's trying to relive his past. And I, I think that Chris Pratt would be great for that. Like I said, I love Glenn Powell. I've seen that suggestion a bunch. Uh, he would be great at any of those roles. Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner. Like, I, I think he's a hot actor right now. He was great in Maverick. Uh, but I think this would be the role you leave for Chris Pratt to have a fucking cool show. Basically about Andy Dwyer from the, from uh, parks and rec.
0: If, uh, he was back in time as an ex-football uh, giant, if you will. What do you think, Luke?
2: No, I mean, the whole time you're talking, I was like, yeah, man, this Glenn guy would be great. He was great in Maverick. He's such a cockbag, And like you're saying, but if the, if they are trying to do a little bit older one, I, when you started kind of like really, you know, talk about Chris Brown and all that, and it being a TV show, I think that he would be better suited in a type of role at that where you know um Glenn could definitely be in other roles like movies like have him in the movies at first so I'm put him in a tv show, tv role at first feel like he's a bigger name right now for a movie where if you want him to be a Hal Jordan or something like that or if he's in the land where I don't know but Booster Gold is just such a funny character because like you're saying he is he didn't, where he was living in the future, he just wasn't doing anything with his life and successful. So he decided that with his knowledge of all superheroes and, you know, if they're not, you know, there's no more superheroes in the future where it just take back a lot of tech and just always try to be known and all that and just his interactions with the Justice League and all that and how he's always trying to make himself look like this amazing thing and all that and this futuristic superhero that everyone should know but no one knows who he is and it's just this quirky guy and i mean i'm glad it's a tv show and like you say and from what we were talking about earlier where the blue beetles is a success it might as well you know have them both interacting because their characters interacted in different things and they're really good and just a two character duo like that and i don't i mean they could get you know any person just it's got to be someone that's got a very douchey vibe or just like you say and just can definitely play the character really like bad. like
1: sean williams scott in the late 90s early 2000s yeah,
2: yeah. oh yeah he would have been he would have been a good one so yeah i mean um i'd be fine with either one of those but i mean when you're first saying and i was just thinking about maverick and how much of a a cockbag he was, and I was just like, man, that that is kind of a booster, like someone that just thinks so highly of themselves, even though there's nothing. And that's what makes it good when he comes into the past where he thinks he's all this tech and ends up he's just not even that great of a superhero with all the tech.
1: <laughs> and then maybe he, you know, you could either do he already has an established past with Blue Beetle, you know, the old Blue Beetle, Ted Cord, if you decide to establish those Blue Beetle films, or I mean, fuck it. He just meets, uh, I, I hope I don't butcher his last name, but Zolo Maradadana, uh, from, uh, Cobra Kai, who I love him on Cobra Kai, you know, he meets him, they talk, and then maybe they, they save Jason Sudeikis if he actually is playing Ted Cord, which we love fucking Jason Sudeikis. If that's true, dude, Ted Lasso is fucking Ted Cord. I know he wouldn't be playing that character, but I'm just saying. He was also great in horrible bosses. Hilarious. Perfect fucking casting, if that's true. Um, but just a fun character to play around with. This is up, you know, James Gunn's is the same thing. It's up his alley. So just find someone that understands the concepts of, of there. There's so many great people that could probably work on that project. Uh, let's continue down. Uh, all right, this is the big one. Brave and the Bold. I love they're doing it like this, Luke. The name of that. It's the Brave and the Bold. It's about the dynamic duo. So you're having Batman and Robin. Batman's older, you know, and then we have the Batman from Matt Reeves doing its own thing. Much more, I hate saying realistic, but, like, much more grounded uh, is a much better word. Universe, where he deals with, like, like, we don't know if, uh, you know, um, I forgot the actor that's playing the Joker. I just saw him in a Barry Keoghan. Um, If he's even going to be called the Joker, this is more like real style stuff. And I like that. Like the monikers might come from the press, but that's about it. It's more of like just what they call them flashy. With this, we get much more of a fantasy style concept. And we're already saying right now, Bruce Wayne, early forties, maybe the mid forties, the Bat family is in this film, so like I said, I'm expecting at least Nightwing and maybe the the concept that Jason Todd died. Like I said, grab that actress, put her in the role for Batgirl if she's, you know, she's the same age that's supposed to be appropriate. And Damien gets dropped off from Talia. This is all based off of Grant Morrison's comic books that he wrote about this, this whole concept. And that is exactly, Luke, what they adapted on the animated movies. So, we're getting that story with a young Damien. And what I would do is, I have an actor in mind that I really can't get past. But if you have someone like that's 18, 19, play a couple of years back, whatever, I mean, Talia's basically dropping him off. So, technically, he could be like, Hey, you're 18. Here's your fucking father, you know? But th- that means Raja Ghul already exists. And there's a lot of cool concepts within this. If they were to do what they might do and i'll just i'll give you those rumors afterwards but i'm very excited about this man i know a lot of people don't like damien but i fucking love him he's someone that you hate and you learn to love because he's as intelligent as his father but he's just got way different of a background of love you know coming up in this world
2: no i'm with you i'm <clears throat> i'm a big damien fan i know He's very dark and, like you're saying, he just he's came from this one side of the family where he's just a ruthless killer. But he's also Batman's son, so he's very smart and all that. And how he just he has a trouble fitting in and all that. And I've always loved the Batman, the Brave and the Bold. So it's going to be a fun one with the dynamic duo and seeing what they, seeing the kind of things that they can do with it. Um, but. I, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess he wouldn't, but for some odd reason, when I think of Damien, I think the kid from Gotham that played Bruce Wayne could be a decent, I don't know what he looks like now, but when I was just thinking, like, what, um, from the Damien that they've established from the animated stuff, I just, thought like, wherever he's at, I mean, I don't know, I don't know your thoughts on that. I know he's already established himself as young Bruce, so would would probably piss a lot of people off, but. He kind of does have like a little Damien, like a little smirky where you just want a kid where you want to punch him in the face. But then again, you're just like, you know, you kid, you you just you're really smart for your own good. Like you're just you're a genius, but you're also a super assassin. And you're having to deal with that while, you know, you came from where killing was the just way to completely getting dropped off. Never really knowing your dad, but hearing these stories from Raja Agul, who you look up to is basically your dad that's that's raised you and now you're almost like you know you're a young adult getting dropped off to batman wherever he is at you know if he's established himself with how many robins he's had or if he's in the justice league and having damien come in and just basically trying to fit in and all that stuff i like that concept and i'm that this was one of the biggest ones that i was really excited about when he announced it
1: yeah and um For me personally, Luke, I'm going to go. Actually, I I should ask you, have you ever watched the Umbrella Academy?
2: I have not, but I do know the character you're going to say. Like, I know I can see the kid's face and he does have another, like, I don't know who he is. And if his character portrays like a little bratty kind of thing, smart alecky kind of kid, but his face definitely portrays it.
1: So. You know, a lot of people have been saying, and I've seen this, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy's too old, and
2: honestly, too big, too big of a too big of an actor where he's at right now. Guys, no, waiting.
1: yeah, I, I, I don't think he would do a comic book role right now. I think that he's doing Dune. He's trying to build himself up, and that's that's nothing. That's not a slight against comic book films, but I just don't see that in his future. And he, if anything, he'd be probably better for like uh, Jason Todd coming back as a Red Hood, or even Nightwing maybe, but. Damien, to me, it's got to be, and if they get someone else, great. There's probably a bunch of young actors I'm not thinking of. I don't want to Finn Wolfhard from fucking Stranger Things. Aiden Gallagher is, he just turned 19. This is probably going to be a role within the next couple of years where you're going to be playing younger anyways. And he's now the perfect age to technically play that age or younger in the next couple of years. He doesn't look like he ages at all. Umbrella Academy his character is fucking Damien. And for the role of Batman, I think there would be a lot of great guys. I'm looking in, you know, mid-40s. Someone that could have had a couple wards by now. At least maybe, like I said. If not, Dick, Jason, you know, and, uh, and Tim. And now Damien, Dick, Jason, and now Damien, with Backer also included somewhat. Um, he's got to be a little bit older. And I'm going to go back to a person I've wanted to play him for a long time. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunately Keith, uh, Carl Urban's too old at this point for this type of concept. Uh, so is John Hamm. Michael Fassbender would fucking kill this role. And honestly, he's a great actor. He's been a lot of stuff. He's been nominated for awards. He needs something. And Him playing the father, specifically if, like I said, Aiden uh, Gallagher were to play Damien, would be perfect. Not saying a lot of other people can't. I know I've seen Tom Hardy, and that would be fucking amazing to see Hardy go from playing Bane to Batman. Uh, But yeah, it's got, honestly, I would say Oscar Isaac, if he didn't already play Moon Knight, um, he's someone that could do it. Jake Gyllenhaal would be a fucking killer batman he would also be a great joker as well uh based on nightcrawler but my number one with a bullet luke is michael fassbender i want to see him come back into movies and it's incredible he played a great magneto you know after we didn't think anyone could be better than ian mckellen
0: Um, i just think he has that look for him
2: No, I'm with you. Um, I didn't even know Michael like until you said something. He kind of did flake off. I haven't really seen him in any projects. I mean, I love them as Magneto. I've loved him in uh, like other projects. He could be really good. And then, like you say, saying, I haven't watched Umbrella Academy, but when I did, hold them pictures and like kind of looking at them side by side, they would be a good like Batman. And this is your son, Damian. Like they have the kind of look, you know. And Um, Batman is a very clean looking guy too. Where He'd be a very old, older Bruce or smarter Bruce, and all that. So, I do like that concept. Um, I'm excited; it's going to be an older Bruce too. So, we're going to have like more more of established, smarter Bruce. um kind of see where we go from there. Where it's not like you know, not saying anything about these the new Batmans because I love yeah. them, but we're just going to get a different we're going to get a different style of Batman, which will be fun. And him trying to figure out how to be a dad to this kid that he didn't know who is basically. Like a one of the greatest killers who's been trained by Raja Ghoul, who was Batman's also trainer who's you know so it, it'll be a very cool concept that what they're able to do and who who they bring in for it i don't I don't care who they bring in for it i'm just looking excited for the for the project and how their this batman and the other batman are still going to happen at the same time
1: so what i want them to do with the batman like I said, stay more grounded. Pick villains that make more sense. If you have a Barry Keoghan playing Joker, like I said, don't maybe maybe make Joker maybe the moniker that, like I said, the press gives him. You don't even have to establish that; people will know who he is. With this, you're more often fantasy land, so you can have Robins, you can have young wards that help you fight crime, even though that makes absolutely no sense. You can have eventually a Joker once. Joaquin Phoenix dies down a Harley Quinn. You can do Clayface, even like villains, uh, uh, a really realistic. Well, realistic to the comics, Bane. You know, with the whole Venom and stuff like that. You can do stuff like that in this version with this older Batman, and then kind of more mimic it to a more like grounded feel, like you know, Mister Freeze freezes villains or some shit like that. Like to have that seven type of david fincher concept
0: with those so i like that dichotomy if they're able to pull that off
2: yeah i'll be definitely interested in how they pull it off i hope they definitely talk with each other but like you're saying um the batman we have now keep them grounded keep good established characters where bold and brave have some just crazy characters like crazy villains like like you saying clayface would be a fun one They couldn't do it back in the day because CGI and all that's not where it's at today. But you could do a fun one, but have him as, like, you could even do, like, a Poison Ivy him and, like, another one where it's just, like, little fun, little kind of characters like that. Well, Damien's also there. Bane would be cool. Especially if it's Bane that's already broke Batman's back. So this is Damien's like, trying to find out and, like, wants to really fight him and all that and get his hands on him. And
1: Batista's Bane.
2: Oh, that'd be a good one. But he yeah, he wants to play him. He does. And I think that. he's
1: friends with James. I think he's pretty good friends with James.
2: Yeah, I mean, James gave him his first role ever, basically put Batista on the map. So, pretty sure they're going to be close. I mean, I've heard Petitza talk highly of him that he is very, you know, happy for what James was able to do for his career and give him that first chance. So, he'd be a good Bane. You don't need a. You don't need a a bane that's going to get a cord knocked off this back, some fume like stuff come out and then shrivel up to this weird guy.
0: Yeah, but whatever they do, man, it's going to be fun uh, finding out how they go about this whole entire
1: Brave and the Bold concept. Keep it separate from the matt reeves movies which i'm happy are going along and uh yeah just do what you can do uh be more fantastic i guess in nature like i said with the 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 dcu side of it and kind of keep things more grounded and uh do that whole entire concept with the matt reeves movies but uh let's move on let's move on to this stuff all right, we got Lanterns. So Lanterns, like Luke, like I said, was described to us as a, this is exactly what I kind of wanted, but like a, a uh, true detective style detective story um, having two Green Lanterns, the most popular, which they said that, and it's like, thank God you know that because I love Great Berlanti, but he was about to do one with Alan Scott and Guy Gardner which made absolutely no fucking sense. And I love that he was trying to go for a space opera, but that's not happening. Now it's more a detective thing. The whole concept is it's it's uh, Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart. I'm assuming, although they could differentiate. I don't care if they go exact continuity to the comics. It could be like maybe Jon Stewart's like the older guy, and he's taking Hal under his wing. But either way, they find a body... That is going from what Peter Saffron say or Peter Saffron says is going to be the thing that will have, you know, big implications throughout their whole entire story going forward. So whatever the fuck they find they're trying to figure out in a detective style concept, um it's gonna have some big ramifications within the whole entire
0: universe of the DCU overall.
2: No, this one's another exciting project. Like you're um, we've been talking about this for a minute, um, and I'm excited that they're doing a true detective kind of thing with John Stewart and Hal Jordan. Probably, you know, John Stewart's probably my favorite Green Lantern, so I'm finally happy he's going to be in something, especially with the Hal Jordan. You know, those two playing uh, with each other, and like you're saying, where something's going to start. You know, they find this body, and then the cool adventure, the detective work, the different type of universes they can go from because, you know, this is the Lantern Corps who are protecting the universe. And so really get different type of settings and all that can be a really beautiful thing too. I feel like it can be a, a, a visually stunning, like really good show um, with just the different sceneries that will get the different type of creatures that they interact with and how they're trying to solve this, solve whoever this body was who murdered and how it can have a a way deeper impact to the overarching steps of whatever this era of the DC is going in and awesome. That's a TV show. Definitely think that, um, <clears throat> I love green lantern. I've always loved, uh, you know, comic book character, but I do think it's a little bit harder to do just a movie just cause you're going to have to cram so much and you're going to get a piece of shit like we got earlier. But with it being a tv show you can bring in all these different type where you have the two main lanterns that were falling and you know like like you saying one cop's training the other i'm hoping it's you know how's the older one but it doesn't matter but you know doing that type of thing and then also getting interacted with the um other well-known lanterns and their things and how they tie together where you're just following these you know two things buddy good cop uh, bad cop, so it could also be a very fun show but at times I mean funny show but at times being very dark when they need to so can just do a lot of different things with this show and I feel like the Green Lantern the Corps is the Lanthricorn is a really type of you know comic book coming with characters to make a good show like this and do multiple seasons and see what they're able to build off of this one thing
1: absolutely um casting ideas i mean i I really don't think we need like a necessary like a villain like sinestro becomes badness or parallax let them do what they're doing and kind of establish themselves as the organization and then what they're finding and what that has to do with earth and everything else if that's going to be a main central point going forward um hal it depends like i said if they go older hal they could have like two guys the same age i'm not saying that they could not do that but you know if they have like a, a not necessarily training day but like the whole like older cop showing the the rookie around and stuff like that um they wanted for a long time tom cruise to play hal jordan an older hardened hal jordan um I don't hate that idea. I never have, even though a lot of people have. don't think that's going to happen with this. But uh, James Marsden, I mean, if you wanted to go. Ryan Reynolds is not coming back, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, I would really rather either Glenn Powell or uh, Miles Teller get this role. I think they would be great as a younger Hal Jordan. Or they're both in their, their. I think, their mid to late uh, 30s. So I think there would be a good person for, for either one of those. As far as John Stewart, man, I mean, I want John T- David Washington uh, from Tenet, uh, Denzel's son. I think he's incredible. I've been saying that for a long time. But if we we're saying, you know, young Hal Jordan played by Ma- Miles Teller and an older one played by uh, Idris Elba, I'm not going to fucking hate that idea at all. You know, Michael B. Jordan, I'm also not going to turn him down for for the role of Jon Stewart. And if you want someone that's like a little bit less known, I mean, Trevante Rhodes, he was great in Moonlight. Um, great actor, he was supposed to play the role. And unfortunately, everything happened and he didn't get that. So those are my ideas, just throwing them out there. And uh, yeah it's going to be really cool crime shows a a detective story in space luke that's kind of awesome
2: oh no yeah it's awesome and like i said it'd be a fun training day especially whoever the rookie is it's like his first kind of case getting show the ropes and this how deep of a crazy storyline that could go i was just looking at some for just john stewart and um I kind of like this one that they threw out. It's the main. So he's in Army of Dead, and he's the main character in power. His name is Amari Hartwick. Oh, Amari
1: Hardwick would be fucking amazing. He was also in uh, Kick Ass. I yeah. love him for that role. I, I definitely would do. It. That would be awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I just saw his name. The other names that you listen to, but I saw this guy, and I was like, he does kind of have that Hal Jordan, and I mean, not. I mean, that John Stewart kind of look, and like you know. And I, I'd be fine if he was the older one too, and if you did, you know, you flip flop them, and it's like an older John Stewart. Or, and this guy, I mean, he's not—he's old, like his age-wise, but he doesn't look it. Like he's fifty, but he does not look fifty at all.
1: I don't think it would do it, but if you want to get someone established as somewhat of a showrunner who has an amazing writing and directing career, uh, what about Alex Carlin? I mean, with the, with the type of like darker tone concept sci-fi
2: to sci-fi you know i love him and i thought he redid the whole sci-fi genre i mean not gonna be bad at him for testing out horror and men but i just think that he would be great because he just has a great concept of sci-fi
1: yep i mean the guy that wrote fucking 28 days later and directed ex machina and fucking
0: Annih-
1: annihilation apologize yeah, Alex Garland would be great. All right, let's move on. We're almost done. All right, so we have lanterns, and then Supergirl. Supergirl is a very interesting concept, Woman of Tomorrow. And look, the concept of this is, all right, you got to understand, Superman and Supergirl dealt with completely different things. And this is actually established and you know well known in the comics. Um, when Krypton was going down to shit, uh, they got the baby, you know. Uh, Kal-El on and sent him to Earth and he was gone on a rocket Uh, before she got in a rocket and was forced to go to the same location uh, Kara lived on a little remnants of Krypton a little fucking piece of it until everyone around her basically like either died or whatever happened and then she was transported to go meet her cousin she got lost and She aged a little bit more throughout the process and then ended up the older cousin there, even though she looked younger than her, you know, than Kal-El. So the story itself is very interesting. It it is going to be basically, (laughs) I guess, uh, if Supergirl had, you know, major, uh, major mental issues due to, like, what happened to her perceived uh, beforehand, and that person, instead of like a female copy of you know Clark Kent and the Superman Mythos, she has more of what like makes her up. I don't know. did you ever see the the Batman Superman Apocalypse anime movie that's based off the comic?
2: Yeah, I've seen that one
1: similar to that she's she's dealt with a lot of shit. She's an adult not an adult, but like a younger adult that age slower than her cousin who's supposed to be younger than her, but she's dealt with a hell of a lot more stuff and is technically in most aspects of that more powerful than her cousin from just pure force, but um, doesn't have a lot of the training and can be easily manipulated. So it sounds like we're going to have a very in-depth
0: Supergirl.
2: Yeah, and I'm kind of fascinated with this one because, like you say, and I I have seen the anime movie, and and that one, she kind of plays, like, it's not PTSD, and she's kind of bitter, but it's just, like, she's been through so much, even though she's still kind of, like, young, and when she comes to meet Superman and all that, she, she does look like a teenager and all that, even though she's the older cousin, and she knows what actually happened to her people, saw the destruction, her whole, like, population like die away or family die or superman just didn't even get to witness that so she has a lot more memories and she's having to deal with that where you know superman's completely he's 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 blinded to what you know his past is he you know he can kind of talk somewhat and figure out but he's never he really wasn't there to see who his, the kryptons were where like you're saying she was there in the final days and all that so i'm very interested because i never watched the the tv show one but i just felt like they were just gonna make like i could just look at it and it was like she looks just too super like happy and another hopeful superman just like they just made her again in the tv show just like a just a replica Club superman but a girl where you know supergirl is not like that where she is very standoff she's she thinks more and she's she can be manipulated either way because she's just been through so much and she's seen just way more than what really Superman has seen.
1: Two female actresses, uh, both of them are more devoted in the horror genre that should probably get like a lot more mainstream you know, accolades, uh, but they're coming up right now. I think both of them would do a great job with Supergirl based on this. Someone that's been through trauma, one's Mia Goth, was in X Pearl, uh, just phenomenal actress. And the other one is Anya Taylor-Joy, who was in The Menu uh, and also The Norseman. Um, I think, I, I feel like Wonder Woman, you can actually probably go a little more unknown. But with Supergirl, to make it a distinction so it's not just the female super Superman, you should probably try to bring a little bit bigger of an actress in the role. And I think both those ladies are phenomenal actresses, and they really understand how to react to unfortunate situations like what it seems like Carl uh, Zorel deals with in her lifetime for that movie.
2: Yeah, that'd be very interesting. I, I like the just the genre that you're going with. You want some people that's been in more serious or horror where you can really see their emotions through like their body at their body language, their facial expressions and all that. Because like you said, um, Supergirl, she's been through a lot more. So you want something that's kind of like, you know, she's not hopeful where she, you know, you're trying to, you tr- Superman trying to get her to that way, but there's just so much that he will never understand and all of that where, um, I think if I were to choose the, the two of those, I like would go with probably me golf. Um, I think she could be, she could definitely um you haven't seen infinity pool yet which highly recommend going a fun movie but um she's she's just really good and just knows how to probably portray that type of character where you want to get her into someone that's just been through a lot and like not really trustworthy and not even really trustworthy to her own cousin because she doesn't understand why he's so naive doesn't really know what happened to the kryptons why he's like this and all that and everything so She's just having to deal with a lot of different things while being this superhero that's coming to a world where Superman's already established.
1: Yeah. With Anya and Mia, they could play different roles uh, throughout the DC universe very easily if they want to use them. Uh, honestly, like with Mia, when we... Uh, I'm assuming it's happening soon. I don't know. But, like, when... um Margot Robbie's not playing Harley Quinn. And maybe after we have Lady Gaga play her in the, the second Joker movie. Great choice also for Harley Quinn. And with Ani Taylor Joy, I would love her as Black Canary. I would love her as Supergirl. I uh, Zatanna. There, there's many roles that she could play. What
2: about a poison ivy, Dane?
1: That's fine. Honestly, just grab certain actresses that are out here like this that are like because DC or Marvel's already doing it, man. They're grabbing a lot of great actresses. Uh, so it's time for you guys to do your thing, honestly, when it comes to that. But and I'm talking to DCU, you guys at DC Studios. Listen to me, damn it. All right, that was dramatic. All right, uh, right, let's go on. All right, so after that, we have Paradise Lost. Talked about this a lot, man. So this is pre-Wonder Woman. Now, I'm not, I'm I'm assuming that she probably will pop up in this. I'm assuming that they're doing this movie so much later. Just give enough time for Gal Gadot to play Wonder Woman, possibly one more. We know that uh, her director is not coming back with her. Patty Jenkins is done. But if there is a third movie maybe somewhere there that they're going to go ahead and do, they can get that done, have this show come out, Game of Thrones, dealing with the political intrigue of, like, imagine if you are a giant island with different political style minds of all women, and with the outside force, you have, I don't know, the Greek gods? (laughs) So we know early... Amazon's one of them's Artemis uh, you know uh, Hippolya uh, Wonder Woman's mother Hi- Hippolyta I should say Wonder Woman's mother There, there's many different people that we can explore establish Zeus uh, you know all the different Achilles another person that's established within all of this and kind of like show the story swords and stand- sandals uh, like old Greek mythology Sign me the fuck up, basically, for the show. HBO, I don't know how how I could hate the show, Luke. And if the point of maybe the first season is a show in the future and then show Diana or something like that, regardless, I'm down for this prequel. Just by them saying HBO, Game of Thrones, based off. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm simple.
2: No, I mean, I don't know what person could hear about this and not get excited, especially how he's just like, it's going to be kind of like the Game of Thrones. And then, just like you say, in the Amazon, just what you can do with them and how they have been with the Greek gods and all that, and all these, you know, like great mythical, you know, people that you could definitely tie in and how they're able to, and how the politics play and why they separate completely. You can go into the whole thing of why they don't trust men and how, like, So there's, this is very exciting and I hope they definitely do Artemis and um, Wonder Woman's mom, or if they do before them, I'm fine with it. It's like way, way back. You know, I don't know how long, I mean, they don't really look like they age. I don't know how long those characters are, but I'm definitely looking forward to this one. Um, It's definitely a one that's towards the end. And and like you said, you could do so much with this and that it's, it's on HBO, you know it's gonna be a good job. They're gonna have all the best location that's gonna make it look just simply amazing. And I think, you know, what you're gonna be able to do with it and then you could, like, you know, say, what if it's just, what if it is Wonder Woman's mom and she's just older and she's thinking back and all that. And so you could have Gal Gadot, you know, her interact and telling her stories, but also like her just thinking back to these great adventures that made her to where she was or building the Amazon. Or If it has
1: nothing to do with Gal Gadot and the actress, I forgot her name, uh, from Gladiator, uh, that played her mother. If this is a new thing and this is like the ending is she's explaining to the actress that's playing the new Wonder Woman or something like that. that, That's also a very intriguing concept. But what, what I do like about this, honestly, if they want to make a third Gal Gadot film, they have enough time to throw that in there and finish up the trilogy. With her on, you know, without, uh, um,
0: uh, the, the, the director. I forgot what her name is right now. Patty, uh, wow. Patty Jenkins. There you go. Sorry, guys. All right. Anyways,
1: let's get to the last thing and get the fuck out of here. Swamp Thing. It's going to be a horror movie, Luke. And honestly, if you look at all this stuff, Superman Legacy has like a bunch of like, yay, happiness. Creature Commandos sounds pretty fucking dark. It's it's based on a team of uh, of fucking monsters fighting zombies, and now in the future being controlled by the government. Waller sounds kind of darker. Authority, the, basically the boys before the boys. Booster Gold, kind of cynical. Lanterns, True Detective, Kind of Dark, Brave and the Bold, Your Song's an Ex-Assassin, Supergirl, Her Life Fucking Sucked, Uh, Paradise Lost, Game of Thrones, Everyone Wants to Kill Each Other, Swamp Thing, Horror. You know what, Luke? I don't give a fuck that it's like this, honestly. I think this is awesome.
2: Stay dark. Stay dark, DC. Stay true to your roots.
1: And not dark as in, like, the complexion of the fucking film. Like, dark as in, yeah, stuff's going to be rated R. Deal with it. Who gives a shit? Like, some of it will be PG-13, but we're not adhering towards just making stuff nice and cushy for you people out there. Just like the animated yeah, or films. Dark,
2: or dark just making you come out of it feeling, like, eerie and weird and be like, that was a comic book movie that just really made me just feel this. Oh, man, like where they're hitting the avenues and all that. But no, I mean, this one's going to be fun that you said it's a horror. Alex Garland again would be another. I know he didn't do good in horror, but swap I things. I got a counter. director. Who let me hear it.
1: This is the other one that I was uh, waiting for uh, beforehand. This is only a rumor, but everyone is running with it. James Manigold. Or Mangold, I should say. James Mangold, one of my favorite fucking directors. Guy that is doing the new Indiana Jones. Did a movie called Logan. Ford vs. Ferrari. Girl Interrupted. Copland, Land. 310 to Yuma. Is apparently doing the horror film of Swamp Thing. Which might introduce, and we're all assuming will introduce, John Constantine. or Or some trails that will lead us to satana ethigan all the other fucking justice League dark members and james mangold is apparently the director and the writer for this what do you think luke
2: i like that i mean i think you can do a really good job um i'm i'm looking forward to what they're able to do with swamp thing and connecting us to like you're saying constantine dark justice league you just for what they want to be able to do, and like you're saying, what they're overarching yeah. infinite on um what is it, An infinite on crisis universe, so but like where they could get to, that getting these characters in now with swamp things, how they connect, would be really cool. And just his character is just very interesting. He's got to interact with one of them. He just can't be a standalone. So definitely interested. I mean, him, this is you know, it's exciting that. This will be the last, you know, the the last one they announced, but they've also might be the one that they've established the most for it already.
0: Very interesting to start off with, or end with, I should say, a horror movie and something of
1: like swamping Thing level. Um, I hope they do establish some of the like dark characters uh, within the, you know, DCU universe. And is a very, very, very powerful and important concept. I mean, uh, the creature itself has direct ties into Mother Earth itself. And uh, who knows? I mean, he could cause, like, you know, what's going on with those movies right now. Or this television show right now with, uh, you know, terrible evil moss turning us into zombies. I don't know. Um, We'll have to worry about it, I guess, if it happens. But either way, man, I mean... This is some pretty cool stuff. Um, a lot of great stuff, I th- I think, to look forward to, Luke.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a very exciting stuff. And I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, might be all sad and how they didn't finish things or how, you know, this one's kind of going way off the beating path. But I think everyone should be excited that it is going to be these different things and these different characters and how they're going to bring them together and how they're, they're going to have, like, it's... It's not going to be happy-go-lucky movies like we're just used to in superhero movies of late and i'm really looking forward to this era with gun and all the high up you know what everyone's doing and just everything that they can establish from this so i'm excited i can't wait till 2025 it's going to be one hell of a year to start everything so it's just that year is that and um my big one way off beating path we don't have to talk about this but it's also avatar the last airbender a lot of stuff's coming out with that one in 2025 so it's a big year for me that i'm looking forward to
1: hell yeah um i think i think the last thing i will talk about is trying to like you know i don't know like give something back to the the steiner fans uh some hope and I know a lot of you guys are not going to listen to this, and you're just going to, like, go and make your laughy face for any type of post um, from anyone for DC about all this. And I, I I find that a bit pathetic, but, you know, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. If If everything does well, and everything keeps on making money, there is a chance, I think, that we could have some things assemble that will make those style fans from the past a bit happy i already like offered fucking zack snyder dude the authority which honestly he would probably do an amazing film based off of that but honestly like i love henry cavill if henry cavill were to play red sun superman in a film and uh, if it's not a one-off, maybe like a two-part type of concept, you know, we we all know if if they plan on keep on doing their thing, there's a good chance that it ends up with a crisis. With uh, crisis movies, it usually involves multiverses. And all, I'm, uh, all I'm saying, throw a bone a little bit, is that we could have this type of thing happen and Harry Cavill will actually be perfect for that role. But if you want to get into even like a little more crazy, one of the coolest multiverse stories of the last several years, based on a fucking video game, uh, was the Injustice video games. And they adapt those, obviously, in the comics. I have the, the trade. Uh, that universe is pretty much similar to the Snyderverse. Uh, yeah, you have Dark Side. And he's kind of like the the person in charge or causing all this. But it's very much the same thing where Superman kills Lois in rage. Um, you know, and she's pregnant. He can't see. He thinks Dark Side. You know, there's all that type of shit. We could have that style movie where we leave off. You know where they are, basically, and this other universe comes and helps and saves the day, sort of thing. I mean, it's not weird with Earth Two, with the the uh, you know universe established with that, or or the 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 other many times that they've done this, you know, type of thing. So hey, I'm just saying, you know, I'm giving you an olive branch. Um, maybe there is more. In the future. Just chill the fuck out. You know? Let's see what happens. Uh, We have an actual DC Studios. The people in charge of it. Are actually you know. Know what they're doing. They're inviting writers. From comp books. From movies. That know what they're doing. You know I'm sorry. Shit happens. Zack Snyder was giving a whole entire fucking decade. And. It happened eh. We all know Unfortunately Cop movies are going to like Kind of slowly start to fizzle off We're still at a good spot So maybe we can get some movies And do some good things That's all I'm trying to say I I, I am being optimistic So with that I guess we can call it a show Um, Luke what do you got to say
2: No, hey, I had a great time. Um, Looking forward to this new era. And like you say, with time, they never threw out any of these stuff to completely vanished with time and success. And with all this era that you could bring back anything from the old era and make it make sense. So I think just let's see how this goes. But everyone should be excited. The direction that it's with the people running it and hbo who's gonna be backing some of the big things like the tv show so all in all i think everyone should be excited and i'm looking for 2025 and can't wait to see how it all plays out
1: yeah i I, I, uh personally don't want to get to that date specifically but you know only because i'll be close to the 40 luke so Uh, (laughs) but in in all actuality it'll be a nice little birthday gift if you will so I want to thank my brother who already said goodbye to everyone um and guys this is another episode of dane Rance. i hope you guys enjoyed it talked a lot about what's going on and uh try to be uh, optimistic honestly i mean that's that that's the biggest thing right now i understand why you'd be pessimistic but we have a studio we have heads of the studio we have people that are you know making a committee of writers that have like big people, a part of comp writing and producers and movie writers. So we have to see what they do. I understand. It's like, you know, we wait on Warner brothers. It fucks up, but we don't have your Kevin Sujiharos. We don't have the same people that were in charge before him. So let's try to just be optimistic. If it ends up like, you know, blowing up in our face, Hey, you know, you can message me at Facebook, Dane 42 or uh, find me at Dane Alves on Facebook. Let's have a conversation about the Geek Fies Nation. Uh, and uh, instead, if you have some guff about all this, like I said, let me know. We'll talk about it, we'll figure it out. You guys have a great evening, day, whenever you're listening to this. And of course, let the Geek five be with you.
0: Peace out. Peace out, y'all.